Welcome to the TFT Podcast. I'm Matt. That's Ryan. Ryan, hail Satan. Hail Satan. Hi, diddly D. Goddamn. A TFT life for me. A podcaster's life for yeah. me. Yeah, that's right. Um, you know, uh, if you've ever wished that the TFT Podcast could go on like a Mobius strip, you are in luck. <laughs> Uh, um, we're gonna. We're, we're discussing, as you know, uh, all hail West Texas. Yeah, it's uh, uh, the John Darnell sort of solo album released under the name The Mountain Goats, but The Mountain Goats means just him, uh, and well, it's him a guitar and a uh, and a cassette tape recorder. <laughs> Right. So um, uh, if you have not listened to this album or you haven't refreshed your memory, uh, we urge you to do what we always urge you to do, to stop listening to this podcast now and find it on, on whatever streaming service or whatever waffle uh, or whatever legitimate uh, outlet you prefer and uh, listen all the way through to All Hail West Texas. Now, now here's a note about this. It was reissued. Um, a couple years ago, and the reissue has bonus tracks. And the bonus tracks are not canonical, and they're not really part of our discussion today. Um, it's going to be the main. It's going to be the main tracks. So if you get up to uh, uh, what is it, Absolute Lithops Effect? That's yes. that's sort of the end of the original album, and that's that's where we're going to go. So go go listen to it now, or even if you have listened to it, maybe you want to just put us on pause anyway and listen. Uh, right. listen that's what to I'm it again. going to do. As a matter of fact, I'm going to mute this podcast and just listen to the album. <laughs> and it's going to be. And it's going to be. Anyway, we threatened to do this record when um, we threatened to do this record when uh, we were talking about Friday Night Lights, the TV series, because there are some thematic resonances with uh, All Hail West Texas, not well, just and that some, it and takes some in, geographical, some some. Yeah, some, not just uh, that it takes place in Texas, though. I think right, like the idea of uh, well. Uh, we can we can dive dive into it, but um, because it's the one hundredth one hundredth episode, you know, we de- we decided to do this to sort of break the continuity of the historical overview that we were doing, and and do something that's a record that that we both just love that doesn't I mean that doesn't necessarily fit into the methodological rubric uh, that we've that we've set out, but that is certainly. Um, of a piece with uh, the research project, and certainly of a, uh, you know, it certainly belongs in the in the set of of texts, you know that that we've considered. And I, I guess we might uh, we might go back to um, we might go back to some new releases after this and pick up the uh, pick up the historical overview again when we hit another dry patch in uh, in the album release calendar. But before we dive into All Hail West Texas. I just want to acknowledge the milestone of 100 episodes of TFT. When we had 2,000 posts on Overthinking It, I wrote a sappy post about how I like to write sappy posts about hitting the milestones. Um, so, uh, you know, congratulations, Ryan, you know, no, on 100. I, you know, I, I, think we, I think some self, amount of self-congratulation is uh, definitely in order because, you know, um, getting to this point was uh, certainly not a foregone conclusion. No. <laughs> um, we, we have gotten here in spite of ourselves. <laughs> um, and so uh, uh, congratulations, Matt. Yeah, and congratulations to you, too. It's a pleasure, it's a pleasure to do TFT with you, to, co- to co-teach this seminar and to uh, co-investigate on this research project uh, yeah absolutely and i think that i mean i want to speak to um something that you were saying before about kind of where where and why do we we do this for our hundredth episode right and one is you know i think that um as we were seeing that a hundred was coming up um you mentioned wanting to do something special yeah and um i think there were i mean you know and, and I think we noticed it was about a month ago that we were at our current pace of one episode a week, bearing down, you know, pretty close, uh, you know, bearing down on on a hundred. And so, any more kind of grandiose plans for a hundred went by the wayside. Um, and and the the question is, well, what's something kind of special to us? Something that's kind of you know relates to you know why we do this um and 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 uh and and we we arrived at this because this is an album um that we both like a lot and and uh and I think that is actually one of the things that ultimately is 
kind of there hammering away in the fragile cave of our unconscious. And it was there, um, you know, it, it's been a, it's something that, uh, an album that we've both engaged with since long before there was a TFT. Sure. Um, and is an interest that we've kind of, um, you know, shared uh, before there was a TFT. Um, and, you know, we actually, and I actually don't know the date of it, but we, you know, we actually saw the Mountain Goats in concert together uh, in Williamsburg, Brooklyn at one point in time. Yeah, it was um, within, it was like within the last five or six years because I was, um, uh, my girlfriend and I were already dating because it was a double date. Uh, right. It was, it was, a, a it was date. definitely a double date, but it also – I believe that you still lived on the East Coast. I did. Yeah, yeah. I lived in Connecticut. Though um, we, I, as we were listening – actually, my, my girlfriend was a sport and listened to a lot of All Hail West Texas over the last, uh, over the last week with me. And I actually – I want to tell a little story, give a little vignette of us, um, of us listening to it together. But uh, uh, she said that the, um, the night that we went to – see what was it mountain goats uh khaki king khaki king yeah. i forget who else was on that bill there were one I think it was two. just the i think it was just khaki king and the mountain goats there was no there was an earlier act that we didn't that we didn't catch and it was someone who was like uh uh someone who was like a folk singer from from our college or something like that i forget um but it was in, in williamsburg and that she said to me that night was the night that i learned the phrase dinner too <laughs> Which is, of course, the second dinner you go to after the concert, right? Right. <laughs> and right if I'm not mistaken, dinner one was the um, was uh, was at Momofuku Noodle Bar. Oh yeah. Um, oh no doubt. Din- dinner one was like four Momofuku ramens, eight pork buns, and you know I don't know whatever vegetable sides they were serving that probably night. Brussels sprouts yeah. with bacon. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, absolutely. So. Uh, yeah, and and like at that uh, at that concert that we saw, John Darnielle led everyone in like a rousing sing along of "No Children" from Tallahassee, which is you know uh, Tallahassee is a, is an album. It's an interesting album because it sort of marks an inflection point in the history of the Mountain Goats, kind of recording and moving from this sort of purposefully lo-fi sound into a, a more produced sort of sound. But the, the album it's the album after All Hell uh, West Texas. Yeah, sorry. and it's I mean it's interesting because of the the release history of this record it was recorded earlier than it was than it was actually right put out it was put put out i mean even maybe a couple years later like recorded 1999 and released 2002 or some something yeah uh something like that but you know the songwriting remains uh remains excellent so so let me ask i mean let's let's dive in ryan and let me ask this uh this mountain goat fellow this john darneal with his uh uh self-loathing and his um you know his uh, bereft losers uh, in West Texas, and his lo-fi cassette tape hum on literally every track. Is this guy for real? Oh, absolutely. There yeah. is there is nothing realer. Yeah, um, that's that's it. We <laughs> have, podcast we have over. The benchmark. This is this is absolute zero of realness. Um, right. So so if if there's a a Kelvin scale of um, of of authenticity, this is our. So actually, that the higher your number is, the less authentic. Right. It's a Kelvin scale of artifice or yeah, pre- yeah, or exactly. pretension. The Kelvin right? scale of artifice. Uh, this is a, this is the absolute zero of realness. Right. Um, and. And and I say that because, and I think there's a few reasons um, we say that. I mean, one is that you know we like this album quite a lot, so of course that is the case, right? right. <laughs> um, and, and right, this you know that this actually informs our uh, you know that our our sense of. Um, you know, I think this is what I was getting to um, before we, we we strolled down uh, memory lane. Is that this is something that is you know uh, a kind of part of our our repertoire of both how we gauge albums, um, but how we um, kind of engage with all of the concerns that we've you know developed and and the vocabulary that we've developed to talk about them. Um, and so that you know, I think that part of the realness uh, of why this is for us. Um, and for many, many, many people, um, the many people who love this album and um, love this this band, this artist, um, kind of ground zero or uh, absolute zero of um, realness is, um, you know, even without knowing the backstory of the production of the uh, album, it, it feels 
that it's the least possible um, distance between the act of kind of conception of the song and and you hearing it. Right. There are very few um, middlemen, um, and in in this, and uh, that that it is you know a a person. Uh, a musical instrument and a recording instrument, and they are all extremely present and there. Uh, and and so, it, it, with by being so um, uh, so so simple, there you you then just engage with um, the work itself, right? So that in that dimension, um, it is uh, it, it kind of lands on that level of being very um you know self self produced very independent in that in that respect um and then i think what's interesting in terms of the um the question about the kind of these the the characters that are that are presented i mean in some ways it it almost short circuits some of the other questions about um about authenticity of of self that are abound in some of these other kinds of um indie music by by very clearly you know stating that the, you know by by almost leaning on the tropes not almost but actually being reading and feeling more like a novel or film right and and it is even just the framing device and we'll put in the flicker uh, there's a flicker image that has a uh, flicker uh, library that has all of the uh, album art um and you know the it's it's stated very simply on the cover 14 songs about seven people two houses a motorcycle and a locked treatment facility for um adolescent boys mm-hmm. and so once you are um there you know once it sets up of this is what this um album is and i think we should then engage with this and problematize this a little bit but once it's set up that this is what it's doing you then you know it becomes actually at least for some of the questions of realness um that that we that i think plague a lot of other kinds of indie music because it's then framed and primed as being a work of fiction then it's um it, it it deproblematizes that right. in a way, and so the um, the idea is that notionally it's a short story collection and not an individual's journal, right? Right, exactly. Like no one is asking, "Hey, this uh, this Sherwood Anderson uh, <laughs> and his Winesburg, Ohio, is he for real?" <laughs> right, right, yeah, absolutely. You know these Dubliners. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, are these Dubliners for real? <laughs> um, and that's but and, and, and right so. And I actually think that in terms of the construction, I actually think that like James Joyce's Dubliners and Sherwood Anderson's uh, Winesburg, Ohio are pretty good um, markers for actually what kind of a work this is. And this just happens to have um, – this is Dubliners with just a lot more tape hum. Right. Well, yeah, sure. Um Right. And that that so the the model, I mean, a couple a couple things are true of that. You can just sort of you can extrapolate a couple a couple things. Um, There was some some work done at Yale around the time we were there in the English department on uh, on types of catalog. Right. And uh, and the catalog is like a literary genre or a a sort of literary format, a a sort of literary mode. And um, uh, the two types of, of catalogs are are inventories and itineraries. Right. Mm. Um, an itinerary is a catalog of things in time and an inventory a catalog of things in space. And and uh, and a lot of records are itineraries. That is to say, this happened to me, then this happened to me, then this happened to me, then this happened to me. That's the sort of notional uh, framework of the of the album. Right. Like these are my thoughts or these are my feelings or these are, you know, um my, I felt the earth move under my feet, and then you made me feel like a natu- natural woman. And right. then, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so it's it's um, you know uh, the the idea is that it's about the self. The uh, the analogy is to kind of like a person's journal or to a slightly edited version of a, a person's journal, and that this and um, sort of. Uh, and I, I think this blurb on the cover underscores this point. This is an inventory, right? Like, and and what does the title mean, right? Like, all hail, all hail West Texas. Um, I think that like 
I, I think that something something the word all activates a sense that this is a this is a like complete inventory. Even though it it doesn't literally mean that, it means all of you, all of you guys listening, you all should hail West Texas. You know, we all hail uh, West Texas. Um, but the idea of like all. Uh, of sort of inclusivity being like this is these are the people uh, in your neighborhood in your neighborhood in your neighborhood right yeah. um, that this is a uh, this is an inventory uh, and and does and in doing so sort of short circuits the short circuits as you say the question of of sort of personal authenticity or authenticity of of self and individual experience and of sort of right to speak in certain right. ways. Right, uh, right. Right. Yeah, though, right. so it's like, though is, John right. Darnielle is punk as fuck. Like, let's that, not – John Darnielle is punk as fuck. Let's yeah, not uh, – no, Yeah, he's punk and he's telling everyone, right? <laughs> uh, well, I think it's interesting. This gets back to um, – I think this is like a little bit of what we were talking about in um, – the and I was alluding to this some of these you know the various dimensions. I mean, throughout the um, uh, the current you know set of seasons of TFT, we've been talking a lot about the dimensions of uh, authenticity. And um, when I was kind of talking about that kind of corporateness dimension, um, and the you know I was thinking a little bit about the just now about the the two by two um, table that we were, uh, or just kind of quadrants, a uh, set of quadrants that we're talking about, I believe in, in the Carol King episode, and we're talking about kind of, um, uh, and I forget exactly how, how we mapped it out. We should actually be drawing these things um, a little more. So we have visual, visual records of some of these things, but I think that, you know, I think I was arguing that the, that if I remember correctly, that the, the right juxtaposition is not just folk music uh, versus um, versus art music, um, but there is kind of a individual do-it-yourself versus corporate dimensions and folk and um, and, and the elite dimensions, I believe. But I, I could be mistaken. Um, and I think it's just useful because you know it, it's interesting in hearing this, like you know discourse around John Darniel as a folk artist, then, you know, in this, uh, you know, we're, we were both just referencing, in, in talking about his punkness, um, referencing um, a performance, a cover he did of um, a punk song by the band um, uh, Jawbreaker uh, for the AV Club, and the, you know, the interviewer, uh, or the, the kind of AV Club person who's talking to him in the beginning is kind of like, whoa, it's pretty weird that you guys are playing the song um, and, and, and is just so idiotically clueless, um, about like I've always read the Mountain Goats as um, extraordinarily kind of you know punk in 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 a sense of I have this song and I am going to make it um, and, it's an, and that's an right right, right yeah and I'm going to work with the, I'm going to work with the materials around me the this yeah. uh, this cassette tape recorder you know boombox and we'll put yeah. a link we'll put a link to a picture of the particular model right that that uh, was used on this. And, and, and my guitar and me. And, like, that is such an interesting point that you made earlier about, like, closing the gap to the smallest possible point between the sort of inception of the song and, and the, you know, setting down the song in permanent form, uh, in permanent recorded form, so that artifice can't creep in, right? Right. Like, right. And, well, yeah. You know? And it, I mean, it's, it's a fascinating juxtaposition with um, what we, and it, we, we didn't totally plan this out, but it's an amazing juxtaposition with Born to Run, which we discussed last week. right right with um, bruce springsteen right. there a specialist in representation right his calloused fingers caressing the knobs of the mixing board for six months or nine months or whatever it is while he's trying to construct you know piece by agonizingly produced piece sure. the wall of sound in uh in born to run right no i mean there's probably like you know more time was almost certainly spent perfecting like the sax solo in born to run or jungle land than was spent uh on all, all of um, of uh, all hail West Texas, um, because generally, and then you know, getting into kind of some of the uh, other notes on the production of the album, a lot of these were recorded um, and put to uh, to tape the same day they were written, and in being written, 
you know, there kind of is often even just like a sketch and other things happen. And this famous, you know, the famous uh, outro of um, Best Ever Death Man- Metal Band of Denton, uh, the leadoff song on the album, the, um, the, uh, uh, Hail Satan, um, which then is kind of also there in the um, in the title of, of the album as well, uh, was was an ad lib, and you know, uh, uh, Darnell has has reported this in several of the. I mean, there's a there was a bunch of interviews and coverage um, around the album um, around the time of the um, of the re release of the um, of the uh, the remastered version, um, and. And that's like, and that's amazing because it's this, um, you know, the, there's space for improvisation within in the songwriting, um, and that I mean, I think that that was a, if I if, if memory serves, like the only take of the song, um, and you know, this first, you know, this first song on this first uh, track uh, laid it down, um, and and I think he also mentions that it's really even important to the sound of the song that it was the first song, it was a new cassette tape, right? That he had a new cassette tape in. Uh, this cassette recorder, and it sounds kind of the freshest, right? And and the, you alluded to this, but this was, you know, uh, in in the liner notes, uh, Darnell mentioned this as well, is that this cassette uh, tape player that had been um, or cassette recorder uh, that you know had been used throughout the you know first decade or so of the Mountain Goats uh, recording career, um, he had like thought it had stopped working and it kind of sat in a closet or something for several years, and then um, you know he's sort of uh as he he says in the um in the liner notes it just decided to start working and that there is there is a feeling and some of the the reviews uh and discussion on this kind of uh say that there's almost this sense of desperation uh in in putting these songs because there's there's a sense that we don't know when um this thing will give out right and and i think that especially once it it started uh you know there being songs that were written at this period in time um it was just this urgency of um well now i actually have a lot of these and uh and i'm going to start i'm going to keep going I, i imagine my sense is that there is kind of if you're kind of working on something every day and you're recording one or two of these every day there there starts to be a moment where there's a tipping point in saying, okay, this is a thing. Um, this is an aesthetic, and, and now it needs and it needs to happen, right? And uh, and I think that that is um, is is really interesting. And I think it's worth noting that even though the um, the boombox is was central to the recording process on all of the previous albums, it was more heterogeneous, right? That this is actually um, one of the few, if not the only. Um, uh, of the Mountain Goats records, where this was the sole, um, you know, the 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 sole recording technology, and it gives it this cohesion of everything has the hum, um, and uh, and 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 so both the process and the the product really um, kind of have that sense of of um, immediacy uh, built. Into them, yeah. Um, but I mean, but that's not to. I mean, we both also loved Born to Run, um, and I actually had this idea as I was listening to this. Is like I would love a project that did a um, basically did a Freaky Friday with the two albums um, <laughs> and took the songs on uh, uh, on on uh, All Hail West Texas and. And and recreated them with the Springsteen esque uh, instrumentation and production used on Born to Run. So a full uh, full uh, wall of sound and and solos and breakdowns. Sure, like uh, ch- right, like a string section and this piano that's constantly sax. going. Yeah, 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 yeah. Saxophone Copious. solos. Glockenspiel accompaniment. Right, and then uh, similarly on the flip side, a you know um, a a uh, a version of Born to Run uh, that was recorded in single takes on a boombox uh, with 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 just an acoustic guitar, and you know is uh, what like 
eight songs about uh, about like like six people a motorcycle <laughs> right uh, uh, and and uh, and 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 a, a giant uh, Exxon sign right <laughs> so let's I mean let's let's talk about Born to Run just for a little bit because I think it's a fitting I think there's some fitting connections here right so in in the show notes uh, on the show notes for episode 99 um, Pete Fenzel chimed in who is a native New Jersey uh, resident and he talked a little bit about what it means to run and be and be born to run um, and and while sort of granting a lot of the things that we said, he expanded on them uh, by pointing out that New Jersey um, it has terrible traffic. <laughs> You know, you can't go very far before the traffic is going to make you have to stop and slow down. And there's kind of nowhere to go because you can't drive fast off into the distance, right? This is not West Texas where there is this like immense flat landscape stretching from one side of the horizon to another. uh, And this, you know, lone ribbon of highway unfurling down it, you know, an unbroken line into the distance heading God knows where. And you can just sort of go and, and never stop. You know, well, I mean, eventually you're going to get to the Pacific Ocean or something like that. But, but evoking you, the feeling of being able to go like a Mobius strip. Yeah, exactly. Right? Of limitless, of sort of uh, boundless motion or the possibility of, of unconstrained motion. And that in, in Born to Run, the motion is, is a lot a lot more constrained and also there is this kind of sense of like being trapped in in the state both the state of new jersey and the state of being that that you're in so that so what pete said is that the run in bruce springsteen is not um is not a journey from place to place it's a journey from one state of being to another and then back again because you have to stop right it's a journey from a feeling of being trapped to a feeling of being exalted and then uh and then having to and then uh, and then the song ends but it's implied that that these characters have to kind of return to you know normal velocity right because they're they're stuck on the the GW bridge or something and Chris Christie is causing a, a traffic jam <laughs> i mean i think though i mean i think that there is a few ways that we could even push that a little further cuz i think that I think there is a. I think we did interrogate that a little bit, and I think that. I think that idea of it being a very brief escape, in most cases, is is apt. But I actually think that there is a possible of when that you know, and that that is maybe the dominant groove, um, and the and the dominant kind of mode of running and um, of being born to run in New Jersey. But I think that there is, a, you know, if there's a, another play, point of tangency, um, is that in addition to, so that I think that there's a possibility of, you know, in, you know, just sociologically speaking in the world of, of New Jersey, that, uh, that is the basis for, um, the Springsteen verse, uh, that, you know, if most people kind of follow, these kind of specific, this arc that some people kind of achieve escape velocity um, and spin off. And those people, if they kind of, um, you know, don't um, wind back down um, and, and, and kind of re, you know, re, re engage into the, um, uh, you know, re enter the death trap um, that they, I feel like the way in which one spins off is outside of New Jersey, right? And 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 that in some ways that you know because there's uh, not a um, necessarily ability to find a frontier within New Jersey. I mean, the two modes are finding these micro frontiers uh, in these small acts uh, of 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 you know. Daredevilry uh, and and kind of all the things that we talked about last week, sure, uh, or actually just spinning off. And I mean, part of what we see in um, in in West Texas and why West Texas is important is exactly as you were saying is as a as a frontier zone, right? Um, and as this area that is kind of um, you know is is stateless in the more classic sense that we're, that we're talking about. And I think that is even, you know, I think in some ways when I was talking about statelessness in the context of um, Born to Run last week, I was actually almost assuming that if you keep going, if you just 
really just keep running um, that you eventually wind up in West Texas. <laughs> um, and if not the West Te- Texas, <laughs> the West Texas on Fifth Avenue, um, uh, then a then a West uh, a West Texas. Um, and 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 you see this um, in a lot of the songs um, on on All Hail West Texas that kind of you know in addition to exploring a a sense of place or a kind of overall social milieu also engage a lot with other places and I mean I think that yeah um, yeah it's practically a travel log some of the songs right yeah yeah exactly um, and I think that I mean. Um, I mean, the one that's most like this in a lot of ways uh, is um, "Color in Your Cheeks." Um, that the people who are coming in and they're they're coming in, uh, you know, the the two main characters are coming in from sunny Taipei uh, and Mexicali. Uh, but then in the last verse, you know, they're, they're coming in into this kind of group home, what, what I kind of read as a group home uh, for kind of drifters from Zimbabwe uh, and Soviet Georgia and the New Jersey boardwalks, right? That might as right. well be there, right? And and so I think that that was, um, in some ways, this kind of completes the discussion of Born to Run, is that even if many people don't escape, those who do end up in, in this West Texas world. And right? I think and that, yeah. And, and that rather than riding Harleys, you're riding uh, yellow Kawasaki's, right? With uh, 900 cc's of raw whining power. Right. Uh, but the the so like what um uh, actually hold hold that thought right like this that this is the I think that that it's exactly right and this is the the direction I wanted to go to. This is sort of the aftermath of being born to run, right? Like because it seems like these songs are situated at a point that is. Um, uh, after a state of exaltation, right? That is, that is to say, they were the best ever death metal band out of Denton. Uh, was a couple of guys who had been had had been friends since grade school, right? It's a thing that happened, and this this state of exaltation, though it's kind of moment momentarily rekindled for the song in that sort of improvised coda, uh, "Hail Satan." Um, the um, it's it's momentarily kind of like remembered and kind of uh, manifest again. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's about I mean, something you, that happened. You in... roared in, right? It's not that you are roaring in. Yeah. Um, or you uh, you will be roar- you will roar into the driveway. It's sure. You roared into the driveway. And the songs, all the songs about the sort of aftermath of of relationships, um, is uh, uh, you know sort of put the the glory days of the the relationship in the past and. Jenny is the Jenny is the exception, right? Like uh, 900 cubic centimeters of raw whining power, no outstanding warrants for my arrest, and and I mean literally with the law. But I think of like arrest as being um, mm. a mode of confinement or a, a way of sort of stopping the motion. And so this it's about the sort of possibility of of kind of boundless motion. And this is the song. It actually kind of occupies the same place structurally that Born to Run occupies on Born to Run. So that that this Jenny is the sort of Born to Run um born to run of this album and it's like uh it's not uh you know being pent up in boxes all day and at night riding through mansions of glory on suicide machines it's it's that there's like a blazing sun setting on the horizon and the like heroic sort of western influenced lone figure of um who knows maybe it's william staniforth donahue before or after he was uh, arrested and this is his japanese bike with chrome spokes on it you know what i mean coming well well yeah and actually let's actually even before we kind of continue kind of close readings of some of the the songs i actually want to sort of say like um you know do you have a theory of who the um who the seven people are uh and how they're distributed across the 14 songs um i don't i don't and i i really like i really resolutely don't not that i couldn't but that i don't want to well, explain that a little more. Um, so the and- so the idea, like, um, I guess we're being invited to do it because it's on the freaking uh, album cover, right? But I I think that that 
uh, reducing it, I think that it's reductive to make it a kind of puzzle, right? And I think it's like to, to make it a kind of mystery story or a kind of like Dell logic problem that you have to fill in about who the characters are and what the like the hidden clues are to to get to the characters. I mean, the only benefit I can see to that is that it makes you listen to the lyrics. Um, it makes you uh, listen to the lyrics more carefully. But like to me, these are such each is like such a powerful work of art that it would it would rob it of something it would rob it of some sort of larger resonance to to act like there there were a solution you know yeah and i i think that that's um i think that that's I think that's right, and I think that I also was. It's interesting that I because we read we read a lot of shit on the internet with theories about this kind of stuff, and we'll link up you know some of the the prominent ones that that we found. But I I don't see that it adds anything to my experience. My experience is already great of this record. Well, you know, I think that it's actually. I mean, I'll go even one step further. I actually think that it's. Um, that there isn't a u- one unique solution. Um, and so I actually think that, because I, I actually was even independent of finding the, um, the theories um, is, uh, uh, you know, in, in finding the theories, I think I found it in part because I was actually engaging in it in myself um, a little bit. And I think that rather than running away from that, I think going through the exercise of, um, of, of trying to... Um, map people onto onto songs um i think what i found is that there were numerous songs i mean i think that there's you know in the first i think one thing that is clear so i think that there are some things that are clear right that um you only have names and or really well-defined people that are described in the third person in the first four songs basically Um, and so that you really do feel that there is a kind of a setting up of a, of a dr- dramatis personae uh, in the first four songs. Um, and it's not totally clear, you know, whether that is, you know, whether it's basically, you know, two dudes in the first song, you know, Cyrus and uh, Jeff, um, and, uh, um, William Staniforth Donahue in the second song, um, the... Uh, uh, the woman from sunny Taipei and the the guy from Mexicali, uh-huh. and then if they're if we're looking for seven, the question is um, are are the two in Jenny new people or is there a new one somewhere else? Um, and you know, I think that I was kind of starting from that point and then saying, okay, well then how else are these people kind of introduced in the beginning, distributed throughout, and in doing that, I think that there are some things that. Are are relatively clear, and that there are, um, you know, enough kinds of there is a lot of like I kind of do read um, fault lines and um, riches and wonders and the mess inside um, as being very connected, and then there's enough kind of in all of those the a relationship uh, between kind of the dynamics of a relationship and external things and movement Uh that I do see those as a, as part of a, a suite or a, a song cycle. But I think that, I guess what I, what I was getting to is that in the, that at a certain point there aren't, um, and this is what you were saying as well. You don't really have, um, enough, uh, it would be called a statistical language, enough degrees of freedom to solve the equation, sure. and, which leads me to believe that it's, there's not a unique solution, right? Sure. So, so there, yeah, yeah. There's there, like, there, it's like three equations and seven unknowns, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, and I think that the way then that you have to solve this so that if you're going to have, right, um, and I think what's, I mean, it's awesome, right? I like, and I'd love to actually talk about the fan theories and the fandom a little bit um, to go one step more meta because I think that there's an attempt to, if you're going to, what, what's going on in these fan theories is basically an attempt to develop a grand unified theory of West Texas, right? <laughs> and, uh, and if you're going to uh, develop a grand unified theory of West Texas, it actually has to be at a m- one level more meta than, um, than just my theory is uh, this song is about this person uh, or the, is that, you know, another popular one is that 
it's a palindrome um, that kind of moves, uh, you know, in order and then and then in reverse order. And that's ba- that's that's based on the structure of the of the uh, of text and the, the liner notes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think that you know, if I have a theory about the um, album, is that part of the. Um, of the inability to, so part of why it's inability to, the, the, my, and experiencing it, if you try to solve it, I think it's worth trying to solve it because what you discover is that there are in the back half of the album um, any number of the characters that are readily adi- uh, identifiable from the uh, uh, beginning could fit in there. Um, and that, in fact, all of the kind of many specific theories um, work. And I think that what that is doing is in being uh, 14 songs uh, about um, seven people, it is in fact all songs about all people. <laughs> and then, um, because that, that in fact what it's doing is, um, is that even with the specifics of what an, an individual um, – Experiences, whether that is, um, you know, the specifics, the specific friendship and the specific kind of, you know, creative ambitions of the best ever uh, death metal band out of te- uh, Texas or the specific legal problems and, and kind of, you know, disappointment of William Staniforth Donahue uh, or the specific, um, uh, you know, experiences of the, you know, the couples who is, is traveling around and, and um, kind of, you know, engage, uh, experiencing and um, and consuming riches and wonders of, of various kinds that ultimately, once you get to the second half, which has a lot about waiting and searching um, and looking, those experiences are still universal. The, is that there's a tremendous sense of in all of these characters and, and their specifics, there's a tremendous sense of incompleteness um, and a desire for completeness uh, and, and, mo- and, and, and looking for that while moving through this kind of, through this vastness of, um, of, of West Texas. Right. Um, and, and so I think that if there's a theory, it has to be about the kind of, that, that it's a theory about what that ultimate, you know, non-uniqueness and that non-solvability tells us um, about this world and the kind of worldview that that's speaking. So that's Wait, kind of what, my... what you're saying basically is pedantry. You're doing it wrong. <laughs> um, uh, is is what you mean? What I'm saying to the other theorists? Yes. <laughs> no, you know, I, no, no. That their that their that their pro- that their project is in fact not the right project. I think it's though, but it's part of the. It, it's look. Um, I'm. Um, uh, if I am able to see very far into West Texas, it's only because I'm standing on the shoulders of superfans. <laughs> um, and, and 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 I I mean this right that you know it's it's I, I don't necessarily. Um, um, think they're doing it wrong but any right i mean this is i guess is my view as a, of an academic that um you know if the if, if there weren't uh, a way to you know move the literature forward uh then th- we wouldn't be having this conversation right that that you kind of look at you know in doing the literature review um you find what's you know valid and valuable um about that and actually just kind of really the amount of work to kind of listen you know engage in a close reading of the lyrics uh, of all the songs of the of the catalog as a whole um is is really cool and so i think that you know the attempt is okay well what puzzles are are what's unsatisfying about that right and so this is kind of you know i guess in some ways just the logic of kind of yeah know, it's it's makes- also the social science is sciency, and again, how it's my kind of hammer is to say, okay, well, what is unexplained, right? What are the what's the unexplained piece of this, and what are kind of theories that could explain more of that, right? Sure. Um, and and so um, I'm kind of just you know that's my um, attempt to kind of contribute to the discussion because I don't think there are any more permutations. You know, I could work all the permutations and. It wouldn't. That wouldn't move the dial as far, right? Of you know, essentially, I could just 
randomly assign characters to um, uh, like basically I could do every permutation right what's actually called in statistical method randomization inference right and just do every permutation of uh, assignment of characters to songs and the likelihood of having like that that would have as good of a likelihood of hitting the right one as any other like purposely designed uh, uh, assignment because that it's just it's it's missing something, right? You need to kind of change the conversation or, or look at it from a different angle to move further in toward uh, toward getting more leverage on what you're explaining. But these explain these attempts to do this are explaining something um, about what's going on. So I guess it's, it's where I, I have a slightly different view about the fan theory theorizing um, than than you do. Sure, I mean my view is 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 colored by this my sense of the sort of mission of overthinking it dot com uh, over and against like geek culture sites or fan yeah, yeah. sites. You know that is that is to say I think I think that there's something and I almost never talk about this on overthinking it and this is the venue for it because this is the show where we alienate and confound uh, <laughs> people who otherwise might. Love us, um, and, right? And, and, and as our hundredth episode, it is our prerogative to uh, to to be the mo- you know to alienate and and confound. Like people would be, I guess, on one hand, they would be alienated and confounded if we did not alienate and confound. <laughs> so I mean, it's it's kind of this. It, there's there's kind of a, a, a recursive uh, loop of TFT uh, <laughs> of like you know really, if we wanted to be the most true to ourselves, we would be as kind of in control and 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 palatable as possible but then we are ourselves we're going to gossip girl ourselves uh, and uh and, and just- i want to i want to i want to go home but i am home yeah exactly <laughs> and uh and i i just i really oppose the 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 mission of overthinking it uh to the mission of a lot of of geek sites i think that there's a kind of colonial impulse in a lot of geek culture to sort of master uh through you know superior command of of trivia right uh, to kind of master the things that you feel um, like you're enthralled to, right? And there's a sort of there's a sort of uh, it, it's a sort of version of kind of mastering a, a kind of trauma. And um, and to, you know, to that I, I say they don't call them trivia because they're important. <laughs> <laughs> they don't call them factoids because they're as important even as facts. Right. Uh, so, so you know, I so I I may be a little less I'm I may be a little less sympathetic to to the impulse to sort of to uh, sort of draw out the the diagram. Of course, it maybe it's it's not very maybe it's sour grapes. I've never been very good at working out those you know <laughs> those kinds of molecules, right? Of like solving the crystal structure of all hail West Texas, right? It's not my uh, it's not my forte, and I, I operate at a, a sort of uh, my concerns are a little more humanistic, broadly humanistic, and and the level of abstraction I operate at is is slightly higher than that. Um, just because that's lower, right? Or or it's at the level of the specific, of the poetic, yeah. Right? Of close of yeah of close of close reading right which is all I did in college right right <laughs> you know? right, right, right right but it's this kind of meso level is is something that's yeah I mean a it's less appealing I mean it's funny just to go down a rat hole like everything I wrote in college was basically a set of a set of close readings organized around a particular thesis until like my very last you know my like four senior theses which were grand unified theories of Western literature <laughs> <laughs> um, you know which is funny I you know which is funny a that I could get away with that shit because like you know um, it's not really welcome in the profession from what I understand of the profession. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's really, I have a, a kind of like a bimodal, um, kind of way of, way of looking at it, but we should talk actually about, about some of these, uh, about some of these songs specifically now that we're almost done with our, uh, with our, I mean, we, we have no way of knowing whether we're done. Or not, right? <laughs> like, we're done when we're done. We're, we're done when the cassette like r- runs out of, of, of tape. Uh, or maybe it is a Mobius strip and we go on, uh, uh, forever. You know, I want to be done. I am done. <laughs> I, th- um, I listen, we listen to this, 
uh, Fiona and I did um, on a drive out to the desert. Like we went, we went out of town. It, it's her birthday this week, and so we went out of town to, to Palm Springs for this weekend. And there is, I mean, it's it's almost development all the way, much much more than when I was a kid and would make this drive. Um, but the uh, there is a point where you where you leave Interstate Ten uh, and you're just on the desert for a little while, right? And it's it's rocks and it's flat and it's cacti and it's this desolate um, desert landscape. And all hail West Texas was playing on the car stereo as as we were going through. And I was looking around having this sort of like this kind of sense of aesthetic gestalt, right? Like really appreciating the consonance between the landscape uh, that we were looking at and certain features of the landscape, it's, it's sense of being like unforgiving. Right. And, yeah. but also it's sense of kind of unfurling before you, you know? And similarly, I mean, for me, the time in my life, in which I really got into this album was actually while I was um, living in Kenya <laughs> doing my <laughs> dissertation research. Uh, and I, uh, I, I mean, I actually almost, I'm very certain. Um, and this is, it may even be findable um, that I actually wrote, um, a a blog post um about the first time that i um i ever rode on the back of a motorcycle uh and that blog post uh from my my short-lived um field notes blog uh was definitely called um 900 cc's of <laughs> power no outstanding uh warrants for my arrest um and so i think that both in terms of the landscape and some of these like you know particular experiences um uh, you know, resonated a lot. Although definitely the dude uh, uh, whose motorcycle I rented and rode on the back of definitely did not smell um, sweet and delicious. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, my my buddy my buddy just Pat who who rode me on that trip. Uh, I did not nestle my my face into his hair. <laughs> uh, but th- that said, there was a lot about that kind of sense of. Um, I mean, right. I think one thing here is about is a sense of 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 scale of of one person's self um, in in the midst of, of vastness, right? And 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 it's there in uh, in the song Jenny of we were the one thing in the universe that God didn't have his eyes on, right? Um, and I think that that's I mean that's something that we're doing a lot with this song is that this is an album. I mean, in addition to having these well written songs that that resonate. This is an album where there are these just lines that that grab you, um, and uh, and and that they're just these you know they they stand alone they 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 can actually stand. I mean, people definitely treat them kind of epigraphically, and they they pull them out, and they in the experience of listening to them, they jump out at you, um, and and we've we've referenced a lot of them throughout, and it's we haven't necessarily dug into them, um, but they're these things that are just these these shorthands um for for the album um that 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 really are these these signposts i mean are there any other um like specific either lines or sets of lyrics um that you that you wanted to kind of dig into more deeply um and that you think uh merit a um Sure. I mean, he has like, like John, John Darnielle has Emerson's sort of epigrammatic ability. You know, it's, it's, he has, he has the ability or like, or in poetry, like Yeats, he has the ability to sort of, to distill into half a dozen words. Um, just like the, the sum total of a vast human experience. And like what one you could do, you could do even, um, uh, you could go through every song and there's a bunch, but like one is, is sort of, I want to go home, but I am home, you know, uh, that, that, you know, is just sort of, is sort of bottomless. Um, uh, but the one, the one I want to, I want to focus on a little bit is from, um, balance and, uh, and the, um, the, uh, the couplet or the sort of the uh, two lines that end each uh, that end each verse of balance, right? Like the first one is an image of kind of snowflakes drifting down. I'm too slow to catch them all. Not too far gone to care. Um, 
And then the next one is field disaster in the air. We're far too slow to outrun it now, not too far gone to care. And, and that, like, what's, what's really interesting about this to me in a, uh, uh, in a song called Balance is, is it's, descri- it's, it's doing something like uh, what Chekhov described his mission as being in, in his short stories, not, not the plays, but the short stories, which is to sort of to capture and crystal, crystallize in permanent form a sort of momentary feeling, right? Mm-hmm. And that this is, this, it's invoking a, um, it's invoking a, like a, a particular moment uh, of balance, right, between, between two forces. And it's the forces, of, and it's like the process of, I don't know, getting stoned or sort of some sort of derangement of the senses from, from drugs or grief or, uh, you know, trauma or what have you, you know, um, where you're slowing down and you're at the point where you're too slow to catch them all, but not too far gone to care, right? Like your senses are sort of, are sort of deranged or are being, um, being uh, messed around with. And you, you have the sense you can see the the downfall coming uh, or your your sort of ultimate failure coming being too slow to catch them all um, yeah. and you're conscious of it uh, and you care about it but there's nothing you can do because you're you're in the the downward you're in the downward spiral right like so many of these songs um and and it's like it's kind of it's at an inflection point. It's sort of a, a middle point in the album. It's called balance. You can think of the two halves of the album as being balanced on this um, on this thing uh, on this sort of precipice. So many uh, so many of the songs before are about. Um, or about the experience of, or, or about reminiscing about the experience of being exalted, um, hail Satan, and uh, and the sort of a pirate's life for me, right? And and the experience of, and just even if it's just reminiscing, right? Like you rushed for an average of eight and a third yards per carry, all eyes were on you, you know, and that's. Uh, you know that's good even even if it's just in retrospect even if if it's being narrated from the point after the fall um we're talking about that that's the point where you were fast that's the point when you weren't too slow to catch them all you know uh and then the the second part of the album is is this kind of um this sort of realization right uh or this sort of dealing with a, a with a kind of aftermath um what will I do with you, pink and blue? You know, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What w- and that and, question, and, like, and, what and will like listening you know? to like distant stations, listening to these signals on distant stations, right. right? Yeah, exactly. Or standing on the train station, and I remember the train heading south uh, out of Bangkok down towards the water. You know, and like that that sense of sort of watching it go away and and dealing with sort of aftermath in that space, or even like in that song, that source decay, isn't it? And even that yeah. song, um, you know, the idea of the way you the way you kind of honor a relationship or, or sort of sustain your old uh, best friendship, right. Is by, you know, driving two hours into Austin and checking the PO box. Right. And that, that like that, that you're sort of do, doing that over and over, but in balance, it's, it's this sort of moment. Um, and it's, I, I think it's really well evoked here. Like, I think it's, it's, it's really beautifully um, stated in the lyrics. It's this moment between it's this moment in the process of falling as though you were to freeze frame that and it the the fall hasn't quite happened you haven't lost everything but you know you're going to and you haven't lost so much that you are that you've lost self-awareness so you know what's crazy is that that to me then actually links back to um another work that actually we talked about early on in the kind of more in this construction of the piece, which is Dubliners. Um, huh. and the, specifically the last uh, line of, yeah. of the last story in Dubliners, the dead, right? Uh, his soul swooned softly as he heard the snow falling faintly through the universe and faintly falling like the descent of their last end upon all the living and the dead. Right. And that, that seems to be actually, uh, you know, they're they're kind of peas in a pod in a way, um, both in terms of the specific imagery and the specific thing that they're evoking. Um, even though they they're going about it in slightly different ways, but I I, I see there being um, 
some some sort of an echo or, or a resonance between the two works um, in that way. Um, and I think that there are, you know, there, there's probably a overthinking it piece, if not a, like, you know, undergrad paper somewhere, uh, or even something maybe of a, a higher uh, higher degree program on kind of a, you know, reading reading uh, All Hail West Texas through the, through the lens of Dubliners, right? Um, and kind yeah. of thinking of them... Um, uh, uh, together, but I just as you were giving that reading of of balance, I found that to be really um, really striking. Um, and e- even though the specific kind of words and usage um, are are a bit different. Yeah, I uh, an- I mean another thing just just in literary terms um, because of the the like the kind of masterful irony of it, uh, riches riches and wonders, right? Um, there's nothing in this song that is overtly bad, yeah. right? Uh, there's nothing about what's wrong with this. What's wrong with this relationship? There, there are hints, right? We hold on as hard as we can. Our knuckles are white, but that could be about sort of determination and like working things out and things like this, right? Like, yeah. and I am healthy. I am whole, but I have poor impulse control, right? Uh, sure. Uh, again, not totally damning. Yeah. And yet, when you get to, and I want to go home, but I am home, it's devastating. It's because this is about, this is about sort of, this is about the moment that you realize sort of that this is your life, you know, (laughs) right? And that, that it's not likely to get much, much better. Uh, and that all the all the sort of dreams you had and all the sort of convictions you had about your own kind of uh, exceptional um, qualities and exceptional character and how this relationship was going to be very different, like how all of those things are are in fact not true, and you're, you you sort of take yourself with you wherever you go, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And and I see that for that reason, I see the that the mess inside is directly a companion piece, right? And then that is like the flip whereas there's this attempt to to externalize, to, to travel, to go to to Provo and to go to the Bahamas and to New Orleans and to um uh you know, New York and but the refrain is you cannot run and you cannot hide from the wreck we've made of our house, uh, from our, of our house, from the mess inside. Um, and you know, that, that mess is inside them, right? That, you know, it's kind of, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a rough inverse of like, wherever you go, there you are. Right. It's like, it's like, wherever you go, there your shitty self is <laughs> right uh, with you. Right. It's, it's like, you can go, but like the, the bro- Broken, the broken home is is inside your heart. <laughs> sure. Uh, um. <laughs> yeah, one of the houses, the mess, the mess you've made of of um, the mess you've made of your house. You know, another thing that's that's interesting is like a relationship to 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 waiting, right? Like, and yeah. and 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 if if you are sort of freeze framed in the middle of a fall, you can only kind of wait for the fall to happen. And I think there's something, I think there's something about the human experience of kind of waiting of sort of living through time and kind of marking time, uh, that, which is, which is really non-dramatic. It's, you know, it's a, it's a really interesting, it it is also Chekhovian, but in the sense of the, um, of the plays, not the, not the short stories where, you know, Chekhov's plays are about the experience of time passing. Right. And like, what do you do? <laughs> like, yeah. so, you know, the, the, the days pass kind of each like the one before, right? Like, and stuff, you know, and stuff doesn't, stuff doesn't change. And just structurally like blues, blues in Dallas, um, it seems like it's, it's leading to sort some sort of catharsis or, you know, some sort of revelation, uh, in the kind of folk songy, um, repetitious uh, construction of the verses, right? Like it, it, it's leading towards sort of God, or you know, when the saints go marching in, yeah, uh, or judgment, some, right? yeah, exactly, that, that right? Like, trumpet blows, yeah, exactly. It's like, and and it's an answer. It's it's supposedly supposedly um, doing an answer, but then the 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 left turn is, um, I will wait, I will wait, I will wait. And that's yeah. right. And that's the answer. I will wait. Right. Cause there's no, uh, there's nothing else, uh, possible. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, 
No, and 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 all of they're all kind of wait. I mean, that that nicely kind of um, has this nice thematic uh, resonance with um, with with Sorsake that, we that we were discussing before. That um, you know of you know tr- looking um, of of reading all of the the postmarks and the captions and the stamps, um, right? And and looking for any pattern at all, right? And and that you know there's a um, you know, of, of of a sense of of waiting for for return, right? And and waiting for a sign, um, and it's it's there, um, it's it's there as well. So it's it's cool that you kind of get these, um, and and I think that that again, going back to the prior, prior discussion, there is a a sense to want to. Um, you know, theorize these because you feel the um, that there 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 is a, certainly a deliberateness in the sequencing of the songs. Yeah, um, and and that there are these you know both kind of both you know resonance and and kind of harmony between th- things that are separated in the album um, and kind of returns of themes, but maybe turned or or examined from another side or songs uh, side by side that um, have have similar feelings like. Um, uh, you know the uh, Richards and Wonders and the Mess Inside, or um, Blues in Dallas and and Source Decay, and so it's it's um, yeah. So that I think that uh, it's it's you know that again I think increases the um, attempt to to you know pour over it uh, uh, obsessively. Um, but I think that I mean there's a lot of different ways, right? There there are lots of um, there there. Are are kind of again infinite right ways and infinite wrong ways to do it because I mean I think the other way that can feel is tempting is to and this is, is you know Merbius strips around to where we started in some ways but there's also tempting to to listen to this like a journal and listen to this like a bright eyes record um, yeah. and, and as this you know as, or as an emo record um, and I think that that's also wrong um, and that I think that you the the, the I think that the ways to experience it, and this is kind of with all of the things, is that you close read at times and you kind of zoom in on moments and lines and lyrics, um, but you also allow it to wash over you and kind of strike these uh, various chords. And I think that's, that's what makes it this, um, you know, this, this, you know, kind of um, both very important. Uh, work of art and a quintessentially, you know, TFT work of art, and, and something that kind of, you know, links together um, the early focus of the show on, you know, serialized teen dramas, um, you know, to the kind of uh, of the more recent term, both the kind of work on contemporary indie and on the kind of pop canon, right? That, that this is something that that hits really all three. You know, sides uh, of our of our research agenda through through what it uh, what it does, um, and is is again is just this kind of quintessential de- device that kind of both links to our concerns, but again, almost really has you know our enjoyment of this album, it, you know, in a pre TFT sense, is a thing that you know prepared us to uh, be. You know, engaging to be doing what we're doing. That you know, liking this album and and liking it in the way that we both happened to like it and and like it together is the thing that then made it possible. You know, to like you know, Gossip Girl in the way that we did, um, and and to to like Lord in the way that we did, and they all kind of reinforce one another. And so there's something really gratifying about now returning to this album um, because it was always already there and it was always with us and it was it was always part of of tft then it's kind of this there's a there's a fulfillment in kind of talking about it um here uh you know in this you know our our hundredth episode uh of 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 this podcast well i think uh we should leave it there ryan is off to uh the school where they're going to tell him he's never going to be famous and i'm going to write him letters with our man you know if you if you put it if you end a person's podcast for dreaming his dreams, you don't expect him, don't expect me to uh, thank or forgive you. I don't, uh, yeah, no, I gave up I on that. Mean... Oh, no, I gave up on you thanking me a long time ago. <laughs> well, listen, I'm just saying that, like, my, you know, that this, this uh, episode.
episode of the TFT podcast uh, will uh, will certainly uh, uh, will outlast and outlive you. <laughs> Hail Satan! Hail uh, Satan if you want, <laughs> if you want to uh, comment, you can leave a comment on the uh, the show notes for this episode. Um, you know, hey, don't let me discourage you. If you have have a fan theory of the the continuity of these songs, put it in. Let's talk about it. I mean, why not? Uh, or if you um, I just want to talk about uh, 100 episodes of the of the TFT podcast. Uh, you can also engage with us regularly. I mean, the, the, on Twitter, uh, we're pretty active. Um, I, I, we retweeted the Gossip Girl account talking about how uh, who was it? Ariana Grande like fell yeah. and stubbed her toe or something like yes, that. Yes, I'm, we share uh, choice tidbits uh, like that with you. Um, it's really. We're basically the only thing that you really need to follow on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> because we aggregate everything uh, that is good uh, on Twitter. And that's at TFT Podcast. Um, and uh, until, um, until the next 100 episodes uh, or until the tape recorder runs out in mid-sentence, I'm Matt, that's Ryan, and it's been real. Yeah.